the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, if we're guilty before God and we pine away in them, we're ruined by our sin, how can we live? Well, Jesus makes us alive. That's the power of the cross. That's the power of the cross. Jesus doesn't just make bad people good or good people better. He makes dead people alive. He takes ruined lives and makes them new. People like to watch makeover shows. It doesn't matter if they're fixed-up hairstyles, houses, or vehicles. It's just fun to see the transformation from beginning to end. Well, today on Ring of Truth, Pastor Dan reminds you that God is all about taking what is broken and seemingly beyond repair and making it more beautiful than you could have imagined. But he doesn't just refurbish what's there. No, he takes what's dead and brings it back to life. You'll learn that God wants to do that work in each of our lives. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Ezekiel spoke for the Lord only when God gave him something to say. Again, that's not to say you can't talk about football or the weather or movies or whatever, you know. But when you're speaking for the Lord, we we want to share with people what the Lord says. We want to share His Word. I had an opportunity this week to be on a live radio show where people called in and asked questions, Bible questions. And uh, the the whole time people were were talking and someone would call in or whatever with a question, the whole time we're, we're conversing. In my mind, I am praying like crazy. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to talk. You give me the words to say, right? We, we just, we want to represent what God has to say. And give that to people. Because you're never going to go wrong. Right? God, God's word is anointed. My words, not anointed. And so we always want to share God's word. Verse 8, he says, When I say to the wicked, O oh, wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your own soul. It's a big responsibility being a watchman. And this was, this was the message that God gave Ezekiel to proclaim 
O wicked man, you will die in your wickedness unless you turn from your wicked ways. That's the message, which is repentance. Repentance is turning from your wicked ways and turning to God's ways. And Ezekiel's message was, if you don't repent, you'll perish. And by the way, that was the first message that Jesus preached also. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn from your wicked ways. And again, we see here in verses 8 and 9 that Ezekiel was responsible for the message that was given to him. And the people he warned were responsible for what they did with that message. Therefore, you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we then live? It's interesting, now the people, finally, there's like a break here in in their hardness. Finally, the people ask this question, and their question is, If our sin is heavy upon us, meaning if we are guilty and we pine away in them, if we are ruined by our sin, how can we live? That's a good question to ask, isn't it? If I'm guilty and my sin has ruined my life, well then how can I live? Jesus Christ came for people who have been ruined by their sin. People like you, people like me, people like us. Jesus died on the cross for our sin in our place, taking our guilt and shame and punishment for our sins and transgressions so that we can be forgiven and so that we can have eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2 answers this question that is asked in verse 10. Ephesians 2 says, We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God, it's important, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Though we were dead, spiritually, Jesus Christ makes us alive. The question they ask, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, if we're guilty before God and we pine away in them, we're ruined by our sin, how can we live? Well, Jesus makes us alive. That's the power of the cross. That's the power of the cross. Jesus doesn't just make bad people good or good people better. He makes dead people alive. He takes ruined lives and makes them new. Verse 11 says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. You see God pleading with them to turn, to repent. And God asks the question, for why should you die? O house of Israel, God is extending forgiveness and salvation to them. And he's pleading with them to turn, turn from your evil ways. And he says, why should you die in your sins? This is God's heart. 
I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. This is Old Testament. God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't want to see anyone's life ruined by their sin. His desire is that all would turn and live. Turn from their sin. Turn to Him for forgiveness and salvation and receive eternal life. You know, Paul writes in the New Testament, God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's what God wants. He doesn't want anyone to perish in their sin. He doesn't want anyone ruined. He doesn't want anyone walking around with the weight of guilt and shame and condemnation and the baggage that comes with sin. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ. That's his heart. So much so that you see the God of the universe pleading with them. Pleading with them. After he has been so faithful to the people of Israel, and after the destruction of Jerusalem and this judgment, and they still haven't turned from their evil ways, and now God is just to the point where he's begging them, turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. If the righteous man turns to sin, as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Doesn't matter what your past is. You turn from your wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. If the righteous person turns and sins, it doesn't matter that he has this righteousness in his past if he forsakes it. Same with the wicked person. If the wicked person turns from his wickedness and starts doing what's right. Verse 13, when I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered, but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die if he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge and gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. You see this wicked person, he repents, he restores the pledge, he gives back what he stole. He's, He's making things right. The people that he's wrong, he's going back and he's writing those things. He shall surely live, he shall not die. Verse 16, none of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. You know, many people today think that God has like some big scale in heaven and that all of the good things that we've done will be put on one side of the scale And all of the bad things that we've done will be put on the other side of the scale. And as long as the good outweighs the bad, we go to heaven. And that's not the case. And you hear people say things like, well, I'm a pretty good person. 
And I've never really done anything all that bad. Or I'm no different than, than, than anyone else. The Bible declares that we've all sinned. And we all fall short of God's expectations. That there's none righteous enough or good enough to get into heaven. And that's why, as he says here, we must turn from our sin. We must repent of our sin and turn to God for forgiveness. And if we do so, God will forgive us of our sins and we'll live. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Verse 17, Yet the children of your people say, The way of the Lord is not fair, but it is their way which is not fair. Their way is everybody goes to heaven. Doesn't matter what you've done. By the way, that's probably the most commonly held belief among people today. Is that the only thing you need to do to get into heaven is die. And everybody goes. That's not fair. But here the people are saying of God that the way of the Lord is not fair. When really their way, their justice, their, their equity is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say, well, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. There were some in Ezekiel's day, just as there are today, who accuse God of not being fair. God's not fair. It's not fair that God would send someone to hell. It's not fair that God would judge. Well, wait. In verse 20, God said, I will judge everyone according to his own ways. That's fair. He judges you according to your own ways. That's fair. The problem is, we're all guilty before God. We don't really want to be judged according to our own ways. And so, what does God say? Jesus says that we're all condemned before him. But God in his mercy and his grace has said, if you turn from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, he will forgive you. He will remember your sins no more and give you everlasting life. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. He extends that offer to everyone. God is more than fair. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we don't deserve. If we turn, we live. 
No matter what we've done in the past, whether you were righteous and then you sinned, or you're wicked and then you... It doesn't matter. Because we're all guilty. And he offers us salvation as a gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's more than fair. Fair, fair would be verse 20. I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. Verse 21, And it came to pass in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, that one who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, the city has been captured. So word finally arrives in Babylon. Remember, Ezekiel is in Babylon. Word finally arrives that Jerusalem has been captured and conquered by the Babylonians. Ezekiel, the prophet, warned the people literally for years that Jerusalem would be captured. No one believed him. Everyone dismissed what he said. They blew him off. And now here comes this one person who shows up with a message that Jerusalem is captured. And so Ezekiel, in kind of a tragic way, is vindicated here as a true prophet of God. And all those false prophets that said Jerusalem will never be captured, Jerusalem will never fall, they've been proven Proven to be false prophets. With this guy's message. And watch what he says in verse 22. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the man came who had escaped. And he had opened my mouth. So when he came to me in the morning, my mouth was opened. I was no longer Mute. So, so the night before this messenger arrived from Jerusalem in Babylon with this bad news, the hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel, gave Ezekiel a message to speak. Remember, Ezekiel only spoke when God told him something to say. And so now, the night before, God gives Ezekiel a message to share. And then the guy shows up the next day. And maybe you've experienced something like that where the the Lord impresses something upon your your heart, and then the next day, or the next week, or the next month, you realize why God impressed that thing upon your heart. Or maybe in the morning you're reading the Bible in your quiet time, and you read a passage of Scripture, and then later that day you're talking to someone, and that passage comes up, and it's the perfect passage of Scripture to share with that person And you can see how the Lord was preparing you for that conversation and you didn't even know it. Uh, Or the Lord had impressed something on your heart and was preparing you for something that was going to happen the next day or the next week or or, or whenever it may be. And you can look and say, okay, wow, like I see why the Lord, you know, put that on my heart or, or why the Lord had me read that passage of scripture. I see now the Lord was preparing me for this. You know, occasionally the Lord will impress upon me to just fast, not like for weeks at a time, but just like for a day or to skip a couple meals in the day and to really just try to focus on him in prayer. And I had a pattern there for a while where the Lord would impress this upon me and then something would happen that day or the next day, something big. You know, somebody would be in a car accident or somebody was hospitalized, you know, 
Uh, and it was the Lord was going before me and preparing my heart for the situation that I was going to be in. He does that. I remember saying to my wife one time, I said to her, you know, every time I fast, something bad happens. And I think I'm going to stop fasting. And my wife, in all of her godly wisdom, said, don't you think God is telling you to fast because he knows something bad is going to happen and he's trying to prepare you for it? And I said, oh, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> but he does. The Lord goes before us. The Lord prepares us. And the Lord impresses things upon us and speaks to us and and he knows what's going to happen. And so he's preparing us for those things. You know, I, I think about 2020 and uh, I've mentioned this before. You know, on, on Sunday mornings in our church, we have been in the New Testament, studying through the New Testament since the first Sunday of the church until 2020. And we've, we went through the whole New Testament on Sunday mornings. We studied from Matthew to Revelation, every book, every verse. We finished the New Testament. And instead of going back to Matthew and starting over, I felt the Lord was impressing upon my heart to go to Genesis. We've never studied an Old Testament book on Sunday mornings. And in, in the beginning of February, the Lord had us go into Genesis. And we've studied through Genesis on Sunday mornings. And, and the Lord has used the book of Genesis so profoundly to speak to us about the things that are going on. The things that are going on in our country and going on in, in the world today. I mean, he, he has directly spoken to us. The Lord knew we needed to be in Genesis because of everything that's happening. So that we could have God's perspective. And, you, and you know, things like that happen. You say, wow, Lord, you really have gone before us in this. You really have prepared us for what's to come. And, and it's been the word for this season that we're in. You know, fitly spoken to us for this season. So verse 23 Ezekiel says, hey, the hand of the Lord was upon me the night before. And then this guy shows up. Verse 23, the, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, son of man, they who inhabit those ruins. Now watch what they say. They who inhabit those ruins and the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one and he inherited the land, but we are many. The land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, you eat meat with blood. You lift up your eyes toward your idols and shed blood. Should you then possess the land? Ezekiel has a word here for those who are dwelling in the ruins of Israel, the ruins of Judah, who were saying in verse 24, Abraham was only one and he inherited the land but we are many, the land has been given to us as a possession. They were saying, these are the people that are living back in the ruins of Jerusalem and Judah and Israel. They were saying, Abraham was only one man. He owned the whole country. There's a lot of us. And so ownership for us is even more certain because there's so many of us. He asked 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize